Thy Weekend Variety Wireless. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the Weekend Variety Wireless, the Sunday edition. Uh, an update from last week when I mentioned that my Samsung, whatever it is, uh, was doing something beyond the laws of physics. It was stuck on 49%. 49% charged. Um, I put the charger in, it would not charge. It just sat there on 49%. But here's the other side of the coin. What happened was, this is just filling you in. People who were listening last week know this. Um, that I used it for two days and it never went below 49%. And this is the thing of madness. I thought I've discovered potentially a perpetual motion machine, something which is going to defy the second law of thermodynamics, which is you can't break even. This could stay at 49% forever and I've discovered something that could save the world. Um, just an update, after two days of sitting at 49% happily, being drained by watching YouTube videos and Spotifying and music casting, sat at 49% and then it suddenly came to life again and started charging when I put the charger in. I don't know why, I'm almost disappointed because it could have gone into the Museum of Physics Discoveries. Anyway, that's the update on the phone. Um, thousands of people emailing during the week asking, well, I was inundated with an email asking how the phone was. Thank you very much, Ellen. All right. Um, we're having an unexpected warm snap. Now, why don't you ever hear of an unexpected warm snap? It's only cold which gets the unexpected moniker. It's an unexpected cold snap and they happen at, um, usually in September and October. They happen every single year, the unexpected cold snap, but it's a warm snap at the moment for some of the country, but never is it unexpected. It's barely a grievance, but here is my grievance number 159. Buttons. When did we invent the zip? And when I say we, I mean whoever invented the zip invent the zip. I've got my stupid skinny jeans on because I like them um, and they've got, it's got a button fly. Why do I have to wrangle with procedures downstairs? You put, get one done up, then you go for the other and the one below it suddenly comes undone. And then you go for the one on, the one below that comes undone uh, and you think, oh, do I have to take the belt off and take the top button off and start from the bottom and work up a freaking zip. Put a zip in your jeans. That is my grievance number, I think we're up to 159. Plenty more to come though. Why not? Why not? Are they that expensive? Tamar, you're ready for media stick. I'm not sure if you've got anything to say about this. Have you got a quick answer? Am I out on a limb, chopping it off behind me argument-wise? No, but I, I think it's a fashion statement, the, the button. Is it somehow sexy or something? Yeah, I think it's the sort of vintageness of it. Hipster vintageness. Of the button fly. Like take, riding a donkey to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, it would be as well, much like fun. It's like dungarees are back in fashion. I oh, mean, come on. It's just a pain in the neck. Put a zip in them. Okay, thank you very much. Tonight, it's a difficult listen. 
it's almost an impossible watch. Human parasites. There are some complimentary videos on the Weekend Variety Wireless webpage. Uh, it's the ethics of the internet that uh, made me put them up there. I'll never unwatch some of them. I don't recommend you go watch them, but if you're not as squeamish as I am, they may be informative. There are some brave people who do a lot of work opening people up and taking things out. How bad can they get them? <laughs> Maybe not quite this bad. But bloody close. Oh, God. That's what I felt when I watched some of the videos. It does get that bad for whales. The expert in question is a guy called Graham LaGrosse. <laughs> and he works for the Manahan Medical Research Institute. And they do sterling work helping people's lives. Entire societies apparently, are hobbled by some appalling infections from human parasites. We go through a whole bunch of them. Um, so warning, warning, um, if you're uh, squeamish, basically don't. It won't be that much fun, although Toxoplasma gondii seems um, interesting enough. But, yeah, she's gross. That'll, that's going to be uh, around about the 9.30 mark. Should we just rip into... Oh, there's a fresh outsider and everything. Go to the Weekend Variety Wireless um, webpage. You've got the whole schedule for Saturday and Sunday. I entreat you to do that. Um, and a warning, just don't click on the human parasites video things. I'm not doing a Briar Rabbit here. Don't throw me in the Briar Patch. Um, it is... Pretty hard watch, some of it. Media Stick up next with Tamama. Weekend variety. Wireless. The baby understands. Well, singer Fuggle highs in the South. You're not on Twitter. Basically, it's a route to madness. Al Qaeda is a lethally dangerous man. Uh, within that introduction, Christopher Morris, such a wise piece of advice, or at least a declaration, that Twitter, why be on Twitter? It's the route to madness. For many, it is, although it is a massively popular platform. Tamamook, hello. Hello. Uh, a little bit on Twittering and Judith Collins later, but uh, from, I suppose, her side of the political spectrum, uh, she may disagree, but anyway, uh, towards it. Uh, Don Brash, and he got banned from uh, Massey University. Mm. Well, well, turned down, you can't come. Mm. Um, on the grounds of safety. Yeah. Now, that means... Well, you know, or security if, concerns if he, is, is the thing. So yeah. it becomes a health and safety consideration, right? It becomes a who are the stupid idiots threatening stuff. Yeah. And why do they think that this is a good idea? It makes them look worse. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to say stop it. Um, there were protests at Auckland University when he did get to speak. Mm. And I thought, okay, you know, protest, but what they... I, th I got the feeling what they wanted to do was stop him from speaking. Mm. Um, I don't like it that it's, it seems to be that the right is owning this idea that free speech is a good idea. Mm. And it doesn't belong to either. It belongs to both and everybody. Mm. And it really annoys me um, that so many people can't see the value of it and, and, and why it is a good thing for everybody. Yeah. And I understand that, uh, you know, if you're a, a, a private owner of a, 
a piece of land or a property or a venue that you might choose who you have and who you don't have. That's fine. Right? Um, but the sort of idea that stuff shouldn't be said mm. at all is a little bit problematic. I did I did think that um, the Massey Vice-Chancellor, and uh, going back to the idea that it was... It, if the reason that Massey initially declined him was around security concerns, I do understand that as a valid concern, more so than we don't want him here to say what he has to say. I think in the current climate when health and safety is such a consideration for businesses and for workplaces, mm. it's a different issue, unfortunately, but but it's a valid issue and it's a valid concern when you're uh, a, a learning institution and a, yeah. and in a, a place of employment and all of that sort of stuff. There, there would be issues for the university if things went wrong because protests got violent. Yeah, okay. Then my argument just shifts to whomsoever was threatening it. Yeah, well, they're just yeah. numpties. Okay. That's my verdict. Um, and amongst the disappointment that the left really doesn't seem to be valuing uh, an intrinsic value, and um, I was really pleased, pleased to hear this on the AM show. Uh, Penny Henare, um, Labour cabinet minister, is mm. he? I don't know what he's mm. a cabinet of, mm. but anyway, this popped out and ha- hoorah. I'm doing. All right, this. What a win for free speech. Yeah, what right. a win for free speech, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think Penny and I on that one. Penny, should the Massey University Vice-Chancellor have to apologise to Dombridge? Uh, look, I think so, because, I, you know, free speech, like you say, and I've heard you all morning, is the winner. Um, people might not agree with Don Brash, but I take Voltaire's saying, who said, I may disapprove with what you say, but to the death, I'll defend your right to say Fantastic. it. Party <laughs> minister, who also happens to be Māori, says apologise to mm. Dr Brash. Bring him to our marae. I'd love to have a mm. debate with the fellow. Yeah, good one. Mm. Thank you. Keep it up. Um, now, um, on to MasterChef. Go on. Can I do a bit of that? Yeah, you can. Before you get into Alex Jones, <laughs> uh, which is also uh, around you know, freedom of speech, I suppose. But this is light relief. I've been watching, uh, it's the annual pilgrimage to the series MasterChef. Mm. Um, uh, myself and others have fun watching it. I don't know why we enjoy it so much. Um, you get, it's the Australian MasterChef. Most of the fun's just finding nicknames for people. Um, there's Grasshopper, Mr G, uh, Shoe on Head, Vijay Singh, lookalike, exactly, uh, Capuchin, uh, retired Dutch volleyballer, she's still in, Vampirella is doing well. Um, Catherine Harvey-Williams, unfortunately, got dudded out along with Hopsing. And there's also Italian Octopus. He's looking really weird. There's far too many. If some, um, public displays of, of, of affection with relative strangers. Ah. And it is a hug fest, Ooh. but he's going too far. And he's, oh. Oh, I think the tongue's going to come out soon. It's, it, that's why I call him the Italian octopus. He's just going too far. Too many kisses, too many big hugs, lifting people off the ground. Oh. And it's, it's like an engaged couple watching from the mezzanine. <laughs> Whoever's next to him, it's going to cop a feel next. It's hashtag MasterChef everybody too. Um, so that was the uh, criticism and observation for Italian octopus. Um, and there's also one called Carrot Top. And Carrot Top 
Uh, it was called Carrot Top. We called the Carrot Top all blue, mm. uh, which is the Australian term for a redhead. Mm. Her red hair is is the sort of orange that um, is preferred by people that work in civil defence. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's that bright. So she was Carrot Top. And we had, you know, Carrot Top, ha-ha, whatever. And then just like the journalist Amy Park had to report from Amy Park, a stadium in Melbourne, <laughs> this piece of planet alignment happened this week on MasterChef. I'm doing a carrot salad. I'm using every part of the carrot. I'm using the skins, the carrot top, and I'm pureeing them. Because I'm only using carrot, I need to make sure that there's enough carrot flavour in all parts of my dish. I've done my carrot puree and roasted off my carrot tops. Now I'm moving on to my third element and doing my carrot caramel. That was just a piece of joy um, <laughs> that made the world a better you place. Would, to live I in. can imagine there were cheers and whoops oh, and, and just lifting it, off the couch yeah, with joy. Pause it, rewind it, watch it again. <laughs> slap your knees, slap everything. Yell down the hall, have you seen this? <laughs> yeah. It was marvellous. Okay, shall we move on to Alex Jones? Go on. Um, now, what do we start with? Uh, his Sandy Hook stuff. He says things like this. What a win for free speech. Yeah. What right. a win no, for free speech. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sandy Hook, it's got inside job written all over it. Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake, with actors, in my view, manufactured. I couldn't believe it at first, uh, but it took me about a year with Sandy Hook to come to grips with the fact that the whole thing was fake. I mean, even I couldn't believe it. I knew they jumped on it, used the crisis, hyped it up, but then I did deep research, and my gosh, it just pretty much didn't happen. Now, he uh, was saying that a long time ago, but all at once, a whole lot of platforms um, just dumped him completely. Mm. And now, this has created an argument between those saying this is a violation of free speech mm. um, and those that saying he is telling obvious dangerous lies like mm. that and worse. Apparently, just in the all at once thing, it actually went YouTube, Nixter's channel, and then Facebook had been in the process of making a case against him and had a few, a, a series of offences lined up. And I think what I, re I read an article about it and, and, and Zuckerberg basically went, right, well, YouTube's done it. Now we can bring all of our cases to bear and also do the final axing. Yeah. So it wasn't quite a collusion. A collusion as such, but they did look to each God, other. God, it looks like it though when everyone does it over a matter of 12 hours, though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think Apple Podcasts may have done it with YouTube. I don't know. Spot, but it, he's off Spotify as well. He's off everything. Is he off Twitter yet? No. Twitter's the last bastion. Right. And, and in fact, Mr. Twitter, what's his name? Um, Jack yeah. Thingy. He's saying that Twitter is a place for free speech and that's just, okay. he's just keeping it going. Yeah. That is the Wild West, Twitter. Mm, Twitter is the Wild West. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, from BBC Trending, they did a really big, long piece on it, and it was heavily researched and financed. Uh, they went and talked face-to-face -face with Sandy Hook deniers mm. and um, that the sort Sandy of thing. The Sandy Hook denial stuff is hideous. There's one family with yeah. the youngest, the family of the youngest victim has had to move seven times because 
Alex Jones fans yeah. release their address every time and stuff. It's awful. Now, the salient point there, there is that it's, it's not the Alex Jones, That's it's right. the fans. Yeah. And can he be responsible for them? I don't think he can. Oh, I don't think he can, but he and, – and actually, he came out subsequently with something to say that he was wrong. Mm. So – as much as he whipped them up into a frenzy, he then actually was forced to say that he was uh, misguided, that some of his claims were misguided or something to that effect. Okay. From BBC Trending this week, uh, an amazingly quick turnaround for um, a deeply researched half-hour program. It's available on a podcast. You know where the BBC is. And so Facebook has started to field difficult questions, like when should something that's false or wrong be taken down? For instance, here's Facebook chief executive Mark Zuckerberg. I'm Jewish, mm-hmm. and there's a set of people who uh, deny that the Holocaust happened. Yes, right? I find that deeply offensive. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't believe that our platform should take that down because I think that there are things that different people get wrong. I don't think that they're intentionally getting it wrong, but I think but that in they... In case of the Holocaust um, deniers, they might be, but go um, ahead. It's, it's hard to yeah. impugn intent. I just don't think that it is the right thing to say we are going to take someone off the platform if they get things wrong even multiple times. Mark Zuckerberg later apologized and said that he didn't want to appear to be defending Holocaust deniers. But the questions kept coming. And in July, at a press conference, a Facebook executive was asked why the InfoWars page was still on the site. The executive answered... I guess just for being false, that doesn't violate the community standards. And he went on to explain that InfoWars had, quote, not violated something that would result in them being taken down. So something seems to have changed in Facebook's thinking, and they have now removed the InfoWars page from their platform for using hate speech. Mm. Hate speech is a worrisome catch-all, but here's the thing. They were an independent company. Facebook. Yeah. yeah, they're a private company. They can do what they like, but they own the public square, and I think this is where a good argument could be had. Yeah. I also think there's really something in the... that you... <sighs> the likes of Alex Jones, if he didn't have the following that he had, may not be banned by Facebook. Mm. So if he was just a dude riffing with stupid ideas from his lounge to his friends or even on a small page, the chances of him being discovered and 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 sought out enough to actually make a difference are so mm. low that he would probably continue on. It's that Alex Jones actually has a following, has a voice, and by vi- by virtue of volume and quantity, he then is in a place where he can get shut down. When numbers of followers and subscribers... Uh, and It's like critical mass factor, right? Yeah, yeah. And views, when that comes in, it's n- always assumed by, I, th- I think, most people that, oh... Is he liked by that many people? Mm. No, it's car crash washing. Mm. Watching. Mm. You just what the hell madness is he coming up with next? And I want to know. Do you know the thing that really shocked me the most this week about Alex Jones? What? He's forty-four. You're joking. He was born in nineteen seventy-four. Does that make him forty-four? Yeah. Yeah. 
Is he that young? Right? I mean, he looked... It's like Colin Montgomery when he was playing golf, looked 80. and Alex Jones looks like an old bloke, right? Yeah. It's all that stress and shouting and obviously a few too many pies. He just looks old. I can't believe that he's 44. No, that is And then I went through the internet and did an image search just to really blow my own brain out because it was like, I can't cope with this. Far out there are members of status quo that look younger. Mm. That is a peculiar mm. thing. All right, Alex Jones, uh, an analysis on this problem with a uh, media analyst. I played before. He's kind of sharp. As he's worth a watch. Um, just some salient points thrown together here anyway. Tim Poole. There was another one. It was, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a, another right-wing uh, funding platform got cut off, and they didn't do anything wrong. You can, you can have your domain name seized for wrong think. It's really that bad. It really is. It, like, it, it's mind-blowing that there was a point where advocating for race mixing was considered wrong because it was illegal and you were advocating for people to commit a crime. Could you imagine if we lived in a world where you would go on Google, you'd go on Twitter and be like, I believe that anyone who loves anyone should be able to be with them. And then Twitter was like, woo, advocating for illegal activity, deleted. Yeah, we are there. And who knows what important speech and what freedoms we're gonna lose when anyone, when any one of these domain name registrars or financial services company, banks, whatever, they can cut you off at any level of the system, all right? Even if YouTube says it's fine, even if your credit card says it's fine, even if the domain, you know, DNS service says it's fine, there's one link that can be snapped and you're gone. That's terrifying. All right. Mm. Um, and just to keep it moving, uh, there's another commentator who I find quite annoying sometimes. His name's Thunderfoot, but this is pretty good regarding Alex Jones. Now, um, he's taking the opposite view. Oh, yeah. This is where the argument online is, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. And there are the others saying, freedom for... They'd let Mueller rape kids in front of people, which he did. I mean, Mueller covered up for a decade for Epstein, kidnapping kids, flying them on sex planes, some kids as young as seven years old, reportedly, with big perverts raping them to frame people. I mean, Mueller is a monster, man. So Alex Jones got banned, censored by YouTube. YouTube said, you will not post anything libelous, defamatory, harmful, threatening, harassing, abusive, invasive of another's privacy, hateful, racially or ethically objectionable or otherwise illegal. Remember, you are our guest here. It's not censorship if you violate these rules and your post is deleted. All civilizations have rules, and if you violate them, you can expect to be ostracized by the tribe. Well, that's simply the draconian, totalitarian, communist hand of censorship masquerading as a terms of service. This is the tool they will use to censor us all one by one. Oh, wait, sorry. I got a little confused there. That wasn't YouTube's terms of service. That was the terms of service of Infowar. Infowar's terms of service. Wow. I thought that was a nice, clever little lying trick wow. <laughs> to turn it around like that. Yeah. So, you know, the big debate uh, is that 
private companies own the public square. Mm. Um, I would like it if they joined in the spirit of free speech, but they don't have to. Mm. And, um, and and it is the case that when you subscribe to something like YouTube, you, yeah. are, you are also subscribing to abide by their... Terms. And what are the options? Oh, go somewhere else. But it's so big and such a juggernaut now and it's mm. taken off. It's got a, a life of its own mm. that, um, I don't know, is there something that needs to be done about observing a level of free speech when these are the public platforms? And that's they seem public, but they are private. Yeah, they are private. Yeah. They, that, they're private with commercial interests. Yeah. Um. And I guess, you know, that's Twitter's argument, right, is that you can still be InfoWars and have an InfoWars site mm. and and then tweet. And, and I guess because tweets are, by their very nature, short, and so it doesn't mean they can't be any less defamatory or hideous, but yeah. um, promote your third-party site via Twitter. That's kind of their vibe is right. that you you can put third party links up and actually use that as a as a broadcast yeah. mechanism um and one thing that worries me is this this may not achieve anything uh that it'll backfire this is the sort of evidence the people oh, who it take plays it right into yeah, his hand people his who whole take thing him seriously about, his whole thing about the government's out to get me and the government the sandy hook was a government conspiracy and yeah. everything's about you know there's a whole conspiracy against him he's already playing that card this is that big business big media is now owned also by government interests i mean this will be the where the story ends up being spun and and the elite are still conspiring against him even further, so much so that he's been banned. I mean, it will actually, it will embolden his him and his followers, yeah. I would say. Okay, you found the lawyer defending him. Yeah. Quite good, eh? Yeah. Mm. Really good. Yeah. Should we just play him? What's yeah, his name? Yeah, go on. Uh, somebody Ranzella, I think. Okay, yeah. all right. Here we go. Mark Randazza, welcome back Randazza. to On The Media. There you go. Thank you. Your clients are... Racist, liars, anti-Semites, slanderers. Why are you working for them? Well, I wouldn't say that that describes all of my clients. I get along pretty well with Vermin Supreme. You know, the Muslim American Women's Political Action Committee appreciates my pro bono service. You know, some of these people are perhaps not accurately portrayed in the media either. I would say that about Alex Jones. I may not politically agree with him, but... Think of the absolute worst thing that anybody could possibly say. You need to, as an American, have a, have a knee-jerk reaction to want to protect that. Because if that can be limited, then they can get at any other speech. I look at these people as speed bumps on a runway where someone is charging toward Lady Liberty. And I want these speed bumps to be high, wide, and damage the hell out of any vehicle that's speeding toward her. But this is a man who claims that the children murdered in the Sandy Hook episode uh, were not, in fact, murdered, that they did not exist, and that their supposed parents are crisis actors, and they're all part of a grand government conspiracy. And what has happened since then is these people have been terrorized by Alex Jones' followers. It is just sick beyond words. It is not political speech. It is the intentional infliction of pain. 
<clears throat> I'm going to give you a, a 50% grade on that statement. The correct part is the First Amendment is not an absolute. I think your characterization uh, that uh, my client has caused actual harm is not true. His listeners have harassed these people. That's not him. Mm. He's a sharp coot, isn't he? He is. It gets quite heated at one point, um, oh. that interview, um, because the, the, he actually accuses the interviewer of, of um, uh, playing like Fox News because he interrupts him. And uh, They work it out, though. They're quite civil with one another in the end, and it's quite an intelligent discussion. Um, he is very much playing along the lines of the law, you know, and that this is the American Constitution and uh, you, to your point that it is the followers who are mm. doing the actual damage that Alex Jones is spouting some ideas and they may be kooky ideas and they may be incorrect ideas, but they are his ideas and he's allowed to do that. Um, There's a famous story from the American Revolution uh, just before, during, um, that spies, traitors, depending on who won, uh, for the British um, were found. They were saved from being lynched in Boston. Uh, they were in jail. And the only person who would defend them was the upcoming and to be president of the United States, John Adams, mm. as a lawyer. He said, yeah, this is how the law should be. Mm. I'm going to defend them. Mm. And he was the top lawyer. And he says, no, this is what has to happen. We can't just have the mob. Mm. So maybe in that spirit, he certainly has a precedent, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, how do people find it if they want to hear the whole that argument? That is that? Um, via On The Media, which is uh, an American podcast, but they have a website which is just On The Media. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is fake news more prevalent or is it just finding out that it's fake is easier? I think finding it out that it's easier. Oh, a, 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 I think two things. One, there's more news. Yeah. Full stop. There's just more information all the time because there's so many ways to get it. And it's there. F so the chances of there being more fakeness mm. or incorrectness is probably higher just by virtue of numbers. But being able to find out it's fake in the first place well, is, this is a good thing. I'm trying to think positively about society. Snopes.com. I mean, yeah. there's a whole lot, you know, and I guess, yeah, yeah. It's only fake news because somebody's found out it's fake. Yeah. We can't get away with the grain production in the UK Ukraine is at record levels, says mm. Stalin in mm. 1949. That's right. No. All right. We'll take a break, come back. Judith Collins stars as well as Jacinda Watches and uh, Stephen Pinker. The Weekend Variety Wireless. Media stick with Tamar Munk. Okay, let's get on to uh, Judith Collins, mm. uh, National Minister. Um, she's looking very comfortable at the moment. She's she looks very relaxed. Very relaxed. Very relaxed. Happy in her own skin. Mm. We have her being... Well, tell us what she did first before we well, play Simon Bridges' reaction. She tweeted a link... Um, which was just rubbish, and it was from a rubbish website and basically taunted, included a link to Jacinda going, are you going to respond to this? Have you got anything to say about this type of thing? 
and that caused some consternation earlier in the week. Um, what surprised me was she was on the AIM show on um, Friday on the p- political panel, mm. actually part of the same group that we heard earlier um, with Pina Hinare, and she hasn't taken it down. So it, it's a link that is proven to be false. It's from a website that has that is the home of a bunch of utter rubbish, mm. and she, she's not taking it down. Okay. She, here she is talking about it. You deleted that fake. Um, no, news? no, no. Why not? No, no because once you go and you know what's like Duncan <laughs> <laughs> social <laughs> media. <laughs> um, once you delete something, that becomes even more of a story. I know. <laughs> so it's best yeah. to. I'm not the one promoting anything. Uh, do, do you regret it? Though? Do you regret oh, doing not, it? I wouldn't yeah, even better if I hadn't. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also work on this basis, Amanda. Life is way too short to go around worrying about everything. So true. Okay. So she's very relaxed, but I. Uh, there's a principle for me, which is that she now admits it. Well, she hasn't quite admitted it to be wrong, but she admits that it possibly wasn't the wisest thing to do or, you know, something mm. to that effect, which in, in essence, that's also her acknowledging it that it was false information. Simon Bridges, leader of the National Party, has also said that it's fake. And she's leaving it up there. Mm. I, I, that seems to me to be irresponsible and sloppy. I don't know what the protocols, accepted, developed, evolved protocols for Twitter are. Um, I, on occasion, have done something I thought, oh, that was dumb. Um, But I'll leave it up there so it doesn't look like I'm trying to make myself out to be um, smarter than I am by covering my ass, Mm. by fixing it. but, you know, so it's there. See, I was dumb. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I just think that it's, uh, there's something about shouldn't we all be aiming to be arbiters of the truth and that when something is, uh, that when we're alerted to something that is patently false, yeah. <clears throat> that there should be an onus of responsibility to address it. Yeah. And, and that when you look at somebody's Twitter feed, you don't see all the context beyond that tweet. You see that tweet in the line of the feed. It's actually more of a judgment on her. Yeah, so her and, name is still aligned with this as a thing. Watch out. Have you seen this, Jacinda? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I just think that that's unfortunate and that we should be a little more careful. This is what... Uh, Zoyman Bridges? Zoyman is what Zoyman Bridges he to say about it. Judith Collins and Twitter, you haven't really condemned the fact that she tweeted out a link to a story that was basically a lie. Why Mm. not? Look, as leader of the National Party, if I think one of my members of parliament has got something badly wrong, has overstepped a line, I will make that clear. Right? So I don't really want to have any sense of anything otherwise. But the reality is here, what you've got is Judith Collins having a wrong source. Now, look, in general, we should get the source right. And you know, she should try and do, do that. But I don't think that there's anything sort of much more going on here. She's got um, you know, some significant views, some strongly held views on the issues uh, around what, what this is about in substance. She's entitled to them. You know, she got the wrong uh, source. I don't see that as a, you know, a hanging offence. Yeah. I don't think it is either. I just think that we should be a bit 
better. Mm. I just want politicians. Give me some truth, yeah. said John Lennon. Exactly. Yeah. Because now she knows it's not. When you know it's not. It's been pointed out to you. You've admitted that it's... And and essentially going, it'll make more of a story if I take it down. That pisses me off. Yeah. Because would it? Ha- it? Well, I don't it, think it would. Look, if she... Just, Judith, I know you're listening. Just quietly tonight, just like set an alarm, three in the morning, just a little quiet delete. Nobody will notice. It'll be gone. Tomorrow, you'll be fine. Okay. Um, Jacinda uh, Dern is the Prime Minister, and she's had a baby. Mm. This is news. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, it's all the attention that it's got and things like that, uh, I still maintain, is part of something we're living through an epic at the moment called the cult of the baby. Mm. Um, and, of course, this obsession about it. Um, she was spotted breastfeeding, and this is just called great alarm. Yeah, and she had put some, or and in fact, the Speaker of the House had put some quite stringent rules in place around uh, photographing and videoing the baby. Don't change your nappies on the chair. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, you know about how the me basically how the media should engage. Oh. given this situation, it was it was about the media's behaviour, and so at the plastic bag banning press conference. That's quite good. Quite happy about the plastic bag ban. Anyway, that's just me. Al Shabaab have also uh, banned single-use plastic bags. ISIS. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, good on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Moving in the right direction. Go ISIS. I mean, stay on that path. Stop the beheadings and what have you. You'll be all right. Anyway, uh, so there was a cameraman who, I presume it was a cameraman because that's what's Somebody said, I think the TVNZ said it, uh, who filmed her from. It was she was turned her back was to the camera. There was, uh, as far as I'm aware, there was a uh, some kind of covering over the baby, and the assumption was made that she was breastfeeding said baby, okay. and this caused all manner of consternation. Um, Andrew Dickens from ZB. Yeah, he did a little commentary about it. Okay. On the One News website, I discovered a video that was there. And it's been taken during the, the uh, press conference for the single-use plastic bag ban that's on its way. So people are talking at the front of the room, and there's the microphones there. But when the cameraman noticed that the Prime Minister was sitting at the back of the room, behind the cameras, and was nursing. And this is, this is the exact... Uh, headline they put up, Jacinda Ardern nurses baby Neve in background as plastic bag ban announced. I just saw that and thought, hello, I think this is really creepy and what's happening? And I know there's going to be a lot of opinion about all, all of this. First, I thought there was a ban on media invading Jacinda and Neve's space. Well, this is an invasion, is it not? Gary writes, Andrew, Jacinda needs to make up her mind whether she wants to be prime minister or the cover girl for Plunkett. So, Gary, she was standing at the back. It's the Friday. The news is happening at the front. She's covered uh, it over with a, a Muslim cloth, and so you can't see Neve's face, but she is obviously nursing. Really, is she trying to be the cover girl for Plunkett, or is she just actually feeding her child? Mm. Quite well put, I thought. But I also just wanted to say that the camera operator got a lot of stick 
including in the apology, I think, from TV, or there was some reference in, in, in one of the reports I read about the camera, you know, it was a camera operator who filmed this moment. Who else would it be? Of course it was. But there was a series of other people who put that, okay, maybe it didn't go to air on the television, but put it to air on the website. It had to go through a post-production person, probably some manner of online editor, some kind of, surely there's some kind of news editor that's actually eyeballing that stuff. I'm going to say three sets of eyeballs that put it out there for public consumption. I mean... It's not like the person who shot it owns the station and just threw it up there. Exactly. Yeah. But more to the point, she is just a mother feeding her child. Yeah. And she had done something that was a little bit more important probably five minutes earlier by banning the the bags. It's probably going to have more impact on most of us than Mm. the bloody feeding the child. Mm. Anyway... Okay. Uh, just a little extra for experts. I don't know if you care, but uh, Andrew Dickens there mm. uh, was once my colleague mm. at a college radio station. Mm. And he was one of six Andrews. There are only about seven people that work there. And six of them were Andrews. Wow. It was uh, Andrew Boak, Andrew Dickens, him, Andrew Hawthorne, Andrew Topping, Andrew Black and Andrew Bishop. All at once. Gosh. It was a weird thing. Okay. Um... The Gone Fishing Podcast. Yes. Do tell. I had only really just started uh, listening to this. Uh, it's a crime podcast. It's a, it's a, um, I think it's a partnership between RNZ and Stuff. Um, but it's a couple of Stuff journalists who um, are, are sort of running it. It's, it was, this is, it came up maybe six weeks or so ago. Anyway. Today, I read in the newspaper that some very... So, I'll go back to the... It's the case of a woman called Gail Maney who was imprisoned for murder, charged, convicted Mm. of murder of a young man in West Auckland. Um, And the... She says she didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So, she's trying to get the conviction overturned. And the podcast... Um, as I say, I'm only just at the beginning stages, so I can't say much about it. But it, it, it's essentially unravelling the case. And these lawyers um, have come in to support her bid to clear her name, which okay. I thought, um, you know, it's power of some media. Yeah. It? Power of the media. Um, and also, um, why didn't they call it something else? Didn't they realise that gone fishing is just going to get a lot of people that are wanting to catch a snapper? I know. I know. I know. Put murder first in the title yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, that would yeah. be my only criticism. Yeah. Um, okay. Stephen Pinker can cheer us up ahead mm. of our New Zealand accent of the week. Um, thing we sh- shouldn't lose sight that these are the most amazing times humankind has ever experienced. Yeah. Even though it feels like everything sucks, mm. he was just reassuring Bill Murray yeah. that to anyone in any other right. age, even a decade ago, yeah, we look like moaners. Yeah. Necessary corrective to the kind of society we live in where the media is, of course, by their nature, never reporting the good news. Whenever I've quoted you to people, I must say, 
you can tell it's shocking because they're shocked. <laughs> yes. The, the good news is what is shocking to people. So why don't you give us like the top few things that I know you talk about poverty and, and health around the world that have greatly improved in the 21st century that people are not really that aware of. Well, we'll be, we can begin with life itself. Through most of human history, right. life expectancy at birth, we're around 30. Uh, now it's 71 worldwide and 80 in the more developed parts of the world. Um, education. Uh, through most of human history, the vast majority of people were illiterate. Now 90% of people under 25 in the world can read, read and write. Polls show that, that virtually no one knows these facts. Wealth and poverty. 200 years ago, 90% of the world lived in extreme poverty. Now it's uh, 10%. And in fact, the rate has been reduced by about 50% just in the last 25 years. And the list really does go on. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was quite cheering, I it thought. Is. Our New Zealand accent of the week is actually an Irishman impersonating a New Zealander. Uh, his name is <laughs> Dave Cullen. Uh, this was during a thing where he was analysing what happened to Stephen Molyneux and Lauren Southern. By the way, my Kiwi accent is not great. It slips too much into Australian, even though I can hear a difference between the two. I can do a reasonable Graeme Henry, former All Blacks coach, national treasure, rugby legend. Well, I don't really know. Daniel played well there. I thought the ref was a bit harsh there at the breakdown. We gave away too many soft penalties. It's going to happen in a big test match sometimes. They see test as opposed to test. Anyway, it's not a great impression. I do apologise to all of my Kiwi subscribers. This is the Weekend Variety Ones on Radio Live. In the next hour, we're going to be talking human parasites. It is a case of, Graham, you should have been careful of what you wished for. I thought this will be a fascinating subject. It is. And they do sterling work. But, oh, it's a hard watch. <laughs> How bad can a human parasite get, really? <laughs> Ask John Hurt. Oh, God. See, he's dead now. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's a pretty interesting discussion with someone from the Manahan, Manahan Institute of Medical Research. They do outstanding work in the field and I was really surprised to learn a few things about how, things I didn't really expect, entire societies are being hobbled and held behind because of parasites. It's that bad. No matter what Stephen Pinker says, it's probably used to be worse. They're going to make one extinct, apparently, in the next few years. I say hooray. Other people are saying, don't, don't call the Department of Conservation. 